what we're saying that we're not against those who use tobacco or those who choose, you know, or those who smoke, you know, cigarettes. All right. What we are against is the tobacco industry, big tobacco, intentionally marketing and targeting a product, promoting it in our community that when used as intended will kill you. Greetings, this is uh, Pastor George Nicholas, Chair of the Buffalo Center for Health Equity, and you are tuned in to Igniting Hope Podcast. This is a podcast that comes out of the work that we've been doing with the African American Health Equity Task Force, the Buffalo Center for Health Equity, and working on eliminating race-based health disparities. We don't believe that the fact that you're African American living in the city of Buffalo should be a determining factor or for your health outcomes. And we know that the data shows that people living in certain communities are at higher risk for chronic diseases, heart disease, cancer, uh, diabetes, asthma. And it's all because of the social determinants of health, your lived conditions. And one of the things that drives the social determinants of health is racism, structural historical, institutional, anti-Black racism, which has been part of the American story from its inception. Those who make less than 15, 20,000 a year, disproportionately smoke at higher rates than of those who make more, white or Black. And that's not by accident. That is in- intentional. Today, a guest that is very uh, close and familiar to us in our community, Brother Stan Martin, grew up in Buffalo and has provided great leadership through Project Reach and the Chickatellian Associates out of New York City. It has been really working a lot around health, health equity, uh, especially as it relates to smoking cessation, clinical linkages, um, and just access to services that people need. And so today we want to talk, we're going to focus really about smoking, cancer, information, targeting, a lot of things. So Stan, one of the things that um, we, we talk about, the tobacco industry, big tobacco, and them targeting uh, our people. And, and so there's intentionality about that, right? I think they much rather, you know, they want to make profits. And they know they got to sell product. And there, there has been a big push over the years to limit tobacco use. I'm old enough to realize when they used to smoke on airplanes, right? And smoking <laughs> off right. restaurants, right? But um, because of the health hazards that were undeniable, laws changed, right? Regulations changed. And so all what we're saying is the data is showing us that African-Americans are much more vulnerable to health-related diseases connected to smoking cigarettes and specifically menthol cigarettes and other flavored tobacco products that to place some restrictions, some boundaries upon the tobacco industry from targeting our people. And, you know, it's not about freedom of choice. If a person really wants to get menthol cigarettes, there'll be a way in which they can get them. But we would hope that through this whole process, it would make us, our, our consumers in our community pause a little bit 
and think about, well, man, do I really need to be doing this? So many of us have had loved ones that we've lost to lung cancer and who we desperately did everything that we could to, to try to get them to stop smoking and they just couldn't do it. And again, we're not vilifying people who it's an addiction and, and, and you've been targeted. You, you have been aided and abetted into your addiction and we want to help you out of it. And so the tobacco industry is, is responsible for a lot of death. And they have to be held accountable. And, and so how does the, t- t- the tobacco industry, not only with its advertising and product placement and all the other things, even, I mean, who among us hasn't gone to the cool jazz festival? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. And the, the, there used to be a time when they would literally give you cigarettes at the, those kinds of events, Right. There used to be a time in this country where, where the soldiers were in the commissaries. They didn't have to pay for cigarettes. The tobacco industry would just give it to the military because it was creating more customers. That's pretty sinister. And then also the targeting of our women. So Slims and Virginia Slims. You've come a long way, baby, you know, in, in the women's movement. Yeah, at every fabric of our culture, of society, and in particular, you know, uh, African-American, the black culture, you know, they have infiltrated or uh, hoodwinked, bamboozled many of us, you know, in terms of long-term um, addiction that has, you know, devastating, you know, health consequences. And, you know, just another another fact I want people to be aware of that's listening and watching, you know, tobacco use kills more people than car accidents. and HIV and AIDS, then homicides and suicides, then, you know, diabetes combined. That's combined. And it's totally preventable. What we're saying that we're not against those who use tobacco or those who choose, you know, or those who smoke, you know, cigarettes. All right. What we are against is the tobacco industry, big tobacco, intentionally marketing and targeting a product, promoting it and our community that when used as intended will kill you. That's the only consequence of smoking cigarettes is death, poor health. It's not going to make you richer, smarter, cooler. It's only thing it will do is make you sicker. That's it. Yeah. And they, the tobacco industry, big tobacco will use our leaders, our faith community will use our children believe it or not, to divide us, you know, to keep us confused, to keep us uninformed uh, about things that impact their profit, their bottom line, their margin. And once again, if it's whatever's good for public health is bad for big tobacco, you know. So the time that we put, you may have heard this before, we put public health over profit, over our individual profit, you know, those who are profiting, you know, off the the lies, the backs of African-Americans, black people, and also over big tobacco's profit. It's time that I stop. So one of the things we're going to do is, and, and again, we're not trying to vilify anybody other than the tobacco industry. And unfortunately, and it was extremely unfortunate, that there was a group of, of African-American clergy that uh, had a press event 
really supporting the tobacco industry. They can call it anything else, but that's what the end result is, right? And so what we're going to do with the Buffalo Center for Health Equity and Project Reach, it's, and we'll get this information out to you, is sometime um, this month, uh, we're going to have a community meeting and we're going to talk about, we'll give you the facts and the figures about really what's happening here. And our people are very smart people and they don't need anybody to tell them what to do and what not to do. But what we're going to do is just present them with the, the data, the backstory behind the data, and hopefully to create an environment where we're operating in truth. And then hopefully to, you know, and I've had an opportunity to speak to a couple of guys that were at the press event and kind of enlighten them a little bit. And it was clear that there was information they just were not given. So they didn't, it wasn't a complete and full understanding of, of, of really the consequences behind, you know, what was going on. And so I'm really confident, Stan, and the rest of the people, once we were able to get the information out into the community, speak to leaders, speak to the everyday person on the street, one, to, to, to tell them, listen, this is what's happening physically to our people as, as a result of this kind of tobacco use, to clearly uh, articulate the, the legislation that's before folks and what's the motivation behind it, to spell any, any connection. You know, there was this very bizarre trying of connection of trying to connect Eric Garner selling Lucy cigarettes as an example of what could happen if this ban was in place, which I was I couldn't really follow the logic, really. I kind of got lost in and so um, is the is the assumption that if there's a ban on menthol cigarettes that that will create a black market for menthol cigarettes? I don't know, maybe. It could, I don't know, but but the, but is the logical conclusion of, of that is that that a person that's selling menthol cigarettes is going to get choked to death by the police because of this ban? I'm not sure if that you can jump to that conclusion. You know what I mean? If we got folks in the community hustling all kinds of stuff. So so it's already that, is a market. Yeah, right, right. There there is already an underground market for almost everything. It's just the way it is. So would that contribute to this? I don't know. I don't think it would. But if so, what if it does? That still doesn't change the fact that 40,000 black folks a year dying of cigarette smoking. And we need, to, we need to do whatever we can to try to bring that number down. And one of the tools in our toolbox would be to restrict the ability of, these, of this tobacco giant from peddling this garbage to our people and specifically targeting the next generation of, and they use that kind of language, the next generation of smokers, right? Because what's interesting in the tobacco industry, you're selling a product that your best customers are dying at a young age and you got to replace those customers, right? So you your, your ability to have long-term customers is lessened because of the less the, the shortening of the life of your best customers. So you got to replace those customers. And the earlier you can can get folks smoking, the longer window they'll have to smoke before it eventually takes them out. 
And the tobacco industry explicitly, as I mentioned earlier in our conversation in terms of the documentation of the master settlement agreement, in their notes, I quote, and paraphrase a little bit, it says, if you are not going to target youth, you are going to be out of business. Yes. That's their words. Yeah. It's not stand a man's, you know, that's not mine. That's their own. There's a lot of data, too, about, you know, poverty levels of white people and smoking versus, you know, white folks that are a little more fluent, right? And they'll sacrifice that, you know, poor white folks. But like you said, their kids ain't smoking. <laughs> yeah. And when you break it, when you look at, when you, you know, when you look at economically, like you said, some of the research and data, and these are facts, you can fact check everything, you know, you know, that I've shared. And, and that is those who make um, less than, you know, 15, 20,000 a year, disproportionately smoke at higher rates of those who make more, you know, white or black. <laughs> okay. You look at it, you know, um, socially economically. And that's, once again, that's not by accident. You know, that, that is in, intentional. So I, I hope that, you know, those who are coming out or those who are listening, that they come out and they be a part, you know, our community discussions, you know, our conversations, you know, because, you know, it's important to be, you know, informed and and aware. And, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, change and tobacco sensation. However, the environment has to change to support the behavior change that people want to see, you know, in themselves and their loved ones or what have you. So, and the only way we could do that is by, you know, coming alongside each other and having open, honest dialogue and conversation. And we got to heal. So, so, so our, our intention is to Bring truth, bring awareness where there's division, provide healing to expose those actors within uh, outside of our community that are trying to to manipulate the hearts and minds of of our leadership to get them to to carry the water for them of, of a product that it produces death and sickness on a community that where death and sickness is so apparent. We're going to do that work. And we're going to and we're going to create spaces where we're going to invite people to engage with us and in us, whether whether it be uh, religious leaders, whether it be uh, elected leaders and others. And, and let's have this conversation about this and help us understand why you would stand with an industry that that is producing the death of 40,000 black people a year uh, and, and also additional sickness. Right. And help make help us enlighten us how that's going to be in the best interest of our people <laughs> to continue to perpetuate that kind of death on top of all the other things that we we have to deal with on a day to day basis, and so that we can push back and say, you know what, go pedal that stuff somewhere else, go push your 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 death somewhere else. Uh, we don't need it here. And and, and let, let's be clear too that this is that this is just part of our overall. Work. We, I mean, we don't. This isn't all. This isn't like the the end all be all in terms of black health. We we're working on issues around black health, all kinds of black mental and physical health, uh, black health from from prenatal to geriatric and, and pediatric, right? A uh, 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 male and female. We're, we we cover the uh, a whole scope of challenges that are that are we have as black people here in America, and this is one of those. And and we will not. Uh, we would be completely irresponsible to not speak on these things and try to help and enlighten you and educate you and give you the tools. So, Stan, 
if, if people want to get in contact with Project Reach, how would they do that? Sure. The, the best way to um, get in um, contact and, and to find out more information is to email me at smartin at caiglobal.org. Once again, that's smartin at caiglobal.org. And I would just like to say, you know, for those who are out there, if you are, you know, thinking about quitting or ready to quit, you know, I would encourage you to contact, once again, the New York State Smokers Quit Line. That's one eight six six ny quits That's one eight six six ny quits Or you can call one eight six 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 nine seven eight four eight seven. And as I mentioned earlier, you may be available for, you know, some um, nicotine replacement therapy, some patches, some lozenges, some gum, and some other resources that can assist you if you're ready. And thank you, Pastor. Oh, no, we're, we're in this together. And uh, certainly the Buffalo Center for Health Equity uh, will use our platforms uh, any way that we can to help get this information out. Uh, if you want more information about the Buffalo Center for Health Equity, uh, go to buffalohealthequity.org, buffalohealthequity.org. We will uh, be announcing in a very short period of time when we want to pull together a community conversation around uh, this, this issue specifically around uh, menthol and uh, flavored tobacco products and how the damage and the chaos that it's causing. Uh, but one thing we will not do is we will not allow for the tobacco industry to divide us. And so with those who may have a different view about this, we will invite them into engaging conversation with us so that we can come to a place where we are providing the correct information to our people to keep them safe and keep them healthy and also to protect our children. Um, uh, we as adults, we have a moral responsibility to protect our children uh, from any and all enemies of our people who want to come and poison and to distract and to destroy uh, the beautiful people that we are. So this is Pastor George Nicholas uh, from the Buffalo Center for, for Health Equity. Again, if you need help uh, uh, breaking that addiction of smoking off you, go to the uh, uh, Smokers Help Quit Line. Um, and that number yeah. again, one more time, Stan. one eight six six ny quits one eight six six ny quits or one eight six 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 nine seven eight four eight seven. It's the number you can call. And please call them. No one is judging you. We just love you. We love you that much. We love you that much. That, and I pray that if if anyone was found me doing something that they knew was going to be harmful to me, and to my family, and to those around me, that they would, in love, say to me, Pastor, go get some help because because you you need it, and and we we're doing that because we don't, not because we're judging you, not because we think we're better than you but that's how much we love it. And that's how we feel about our entire community. We're doing this out of love. We love you this much. Um, and we, we're not afraid of big tobacco because the God we serve um, is bigger than anything. This is a moral issue. It's a health issue. It's an issue about our survival and getting this methyl uh, cancer out of our community. God bless you.
At Start With Sleep, the parent company to the Doze, we're looking to simplify the process of getting you consistent and better sleep. So we're excited to unveil a unique approach to home sleep testing as part of our new model. Our unique device, unlike traditional options, can be used for up to 28 days. It's a convenient, easy-to-use, and wallet-friendly option. Plus, we deliver it free, right to your doorstep with free returns. No more back and forth to doctor's appointments. Also, if you have a sleep disorder, we provide remote appointments that fit your schedule with no travel needed. A prescription for therapy is also provided without the need to spend multiple nights in a sleep lab. Last, it's a great tool for gaining actionable insights on how to improve your sleep. Visit us at startwithsleep.com to schedule yours today.